0: Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of the Pursuit of Spirit podcast. I know we're not outside. Like I said last week, we hopefully would be. Uh, The weather did not permit today, but regardless, I'm excited for today's episode, and I'm really excited to stay on the same theme uh, of last week's episode, which is to really make these podcast series uh, uh, that of spontaneous sharing and of really coming together with you once a week in sort of a communal way to just share and express whatever feels right in that moment, you know, because a lot of spiritual insights are actually time sensitive in regards to what's pressing in the world right now. And even maybe in your community or country or maybe family or stuff like this. So, there's some common themes we can tap into when we come together in that way and and sort of show up. And so that's what I want these podcast episodes to be. I have made them more structured in the past, but what I'm starting to lean towards more now is just a spontaneous uh, uh, satsang almost of sharing in truth and 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 just coming together in the spirit of awakening and in the spirit of this journey we're all on. So that's going to be the vibe of today's episode. I'm I'm just going to, you know, express some thoughts I've been having uh, recently and know that I'm still going to make full in-depth guides and how-tos when it comes to specific skills like meditation or breath work or how to take psychedelics properly, um, I really want to provide value in that way. And they have historically only ever been on my website, but I'm starting to post these to YouTube now. So if you go to my YouTube channel, Pursuit of Spirit, you'll find full courses and in-depth guides on on how to learn skills like meditation and find your life's calling and and more to come. So those structured things are coming. But when it comes to the podcast episodes, um, I, I'm here to meet with you in spirit. I have no agenda apart from exploring what feels intuitively to me uh, 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 that that could be explored today or that needs to be explored today. So this is an agendaless, egoicless. Uh, a song of us coming together right now, and hopefully we can continue to do so every Sunday into the future. Now, I also want to slow down on the pace because one thing that has been exponentially becoming more and more clear to me is how distracted we all are. Now, I didn't really want to make the podcast episode on this topic because I've talked about it recently in the past, but. I think it's worth noting that, you know, these amazing speakers like Terrence McKenna and Alan Watts, they in some senses had it easier because when they were speaking, uh, they were speaking to an audience of fully engaged people. You know, thousands of people would just show up to their free lectures or whatever, and, and they would be there for hours listening and then come ask questions after and things like this. So the dynamic was so much difference different in the sense that they could go so much deeper, right? The depth was there. Um, but online now you're basically virtually competing for the stage or for the spotlight. Um, you know, and, and it's a lot more difficult to go deep and you feel influenced as a creator and pulled to make these shorter videos because that's sort of the way it's going, you know. But, in this regard, I want to go against the grain um, because I feel it's important to, and I feel it's important to when it comes to uh, the these most intimate and most profound questions. You know, these are questions that we ask that are not your everyday question of what should I have to eat tonight, or what should I do? These are, these are questions regarding the the absolute heart and soul of what it means to be alive of what it means to exist. And that might sound cheesy, but it's really not when you look at it from the perspective of only living so many years that you don't even know how long you actually have to live. So there, there, there is a time and place for, for deep questioning. And there's a time and place to sort of batten down the hatches and go deep, you know, and, and that's what, that's what I want my content to be. I've, I've, I've started to really feel this pull towards depth. And I've been inspired a lot by people like uh, Leo Gura from actualize.org and Terrence McKenna and Alan Watts and their ability to speak for hours in these beautiful, coherent sentences and, 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 and ways. And it's, it's just so incredible to me Um, and, and it's so beautiful how much you can learn and absorb because you actually stick with a subject versus switching between this video, then this video, then this video, then this video, you know, it may seem like, if you watch four videos on YouTube in an hour, one being about finance, one being about spirituality, one being about you know health and fitness, and then one being about family life, it might seem like you're learning more than if you just watch a Alan Watts lecture. But I would almost argue that you're not because it's so uh, uh, sparse and it's so sort of chaotic that for your mind, just like as a, as a human mind to absorb the information, you actually need to stick with it. Um, and I think that's why that sort of traditional lecture style of, of listening, um, for more than just five or 10 minutes, um, is what changes lives. You know, it's what transforms people and it's what makes, Terrence McKenna and Alan Watts such notable figures in the human zeitgeist because of their ability to basically articulate themselves on such a high level for so long um, that you can't help but go okay they're onto something you know this isn't something they just pulled out of their ass for a 20 second instagram reel you know this is something this is something deep you know they've been actually studying this and so you know, aside from just being able to uh, display your expertise in an area, it's a it's an opportunity to go deep. So uh, that's what I'm excited for with these podcasts. And with that being said, it's actually perfectly in line with the theme of what I felt like was was great to to discover with you today, which is this theme of flowing with life or the theme of life itself having a natural flow. Now, I know myself, I have definitely experienced this, you know, in moments of maybe graduating school or during a breakup or somebody in the family or a close friend dying. There is this feeling of flow that you consciously know is moving along whether you like it or not you know what i mean like we all have these moments we've encountered where it becomes starkly clear to us that there is a movement that is constantly happening a flow that is always running, that we ourselves as individual egos have absolutely no control over. Now, I believe this is where the wisdom of the surrendering traditions, the mystic traditions of surrendering, I'm thinking of people like Meister Eckhart, I'm thinking of people like Rumi, Uh, the Sufi mystic, I'm thinking of traditions like Tantra and this philosophy really of giving in, giving in and sort of letting the winds guide your sails and have that move you versus you sort of, you know, struggling and fighting against the wind, paddling in the water, kicking and screaming, trying to get the boat to go the opposite direction, right? Like there is, there is a very clear difference between those two things and not just in, you know, sailing settings, but in everyday day. of our lives. We have these moments and opportunities that might not be a death in the family or a breakup, although they could be, but more realistically, they are these micro moments where we can either choose to let go and let flow, or we choose to hold on and cling and fight. And it may be over the simplest thing, right? It could be over something as small as like not having the right creamer for your coffee in the morning, right? And and instead of just accepting the fact that you got the wrong kind and sort of just giving into that truth and whatever actions may come after that, whether that's you drive to the store and get new creamer, or you just accept the fact that you got the kind you didn't really like, but you still drink it anyways. There's a moment there where you either internally shrivel and shrink and try to fight it, or you relax and give in. And this is what I mean by the ever-flowing eternal flow. This is the ever-flowing eternal Tao that is always moving, that we're always a part of. And while it may seem unconsequential while it may seem like, okay, so what? I got super upset, you know over this small thing, what it actually reveals is a much deeper truth. And that is that fundamentally you're disconnected from the truth, uh, which is that there is a a sort of unified flow, a unified movement that we could call life and humans, themselves ha- have the hardest time staying in this flow. Why? Most likely because of our minds, because of our ability to look into the past and ruminate over some, you know, past thing we did and feel bad about it, or our anxiety of the future and what bad thing could be, right? These are the, uh, both, you know, pros and cons of having a human mind and, when we are able to recognize that that resistance is not just resistance to anything right it's not just resistance like people say resistance all the time as if like oh it's just resistance but you have to ask yourself and go deeper resistance to what what is actually resisting what like we all know we have resistance during the day and we should surrender it but until we know the depth of it How can we ever recognize its value in our lives? And so when we look at this surrendering, it's not that you're just resisting and fighting just because or because there was like some childhood thing. It's actually much deeper. It's that you're not recognizing basically the unity of all of existence. Now, I know that sounds big, but when you realize all of existence is your own consciousness, then in that context, you see how really resistance to anything is resistance to everything. Do you see that? So it's not just this little thing that happens in some, you know, separated, isolated chamber of reality. It's that when you're resisting you're actually actually fundamentally resisting the flow of the universe, even if it manifests in your cup of coffee not having the right creamer. Now, it may seem crazy, but when you resist that truth, truth is truth on the microcosm and the macrocosm, when you resist truth, even on that level, you're resisting the entire thing. And so we can see the wisdom now, of being able to what I like to call let go and let flow. This is something I uh, came up with on LSD trip uh, it is let go and let flow. It's this idea that you always keep in mind that you are an amoeba in a great vast river that is rushing towards the great expanse or the great void we could call the ocean, right? And you are in this river and you may have some close calls and dodge some fish and dodge some, you know, rocks and and shards of wood flying through the water. And yeah, you're going to have some close calls and hopefully you make it to the end. But even if you don't, <laughs> the water all ends up in the same Place, anyways, right? And uh, you, you sort of like can move within the one centimeter around, uh, uh, <laughs> around you in the water, but the flow is still taking you with it, right? It's like during life we can do amazing things, no doubt. Maybe you have more room than a centimeter around you if you're an amoeba in a river. Maybe you have like a few inches, right? Because humans can do amazing things with one life. Uh, um. So it's not that there's not possibilities. It's that no matter what you do in life, life still takes you at the end. And that's why it's so profound to realize that resistance to anything is resistance to everything. And that when you're fighting that flow, you're basically resisting death. Now, resisting your coffee creamer that you don't like in the morning being equivalent to resisting death sounds insane. But my claim here is basically that's what is happening. The mechanism through which you resist or fight truth on any scale, whether it is your creamer, whether it is a breakup, whether it is someone dying, or whether it is your own death, the resistance is the same thing. It is itself in all of those scenarios. Because... The ego is itself in all of those scenarios, and the common theme in all of those scenarios is that there is a reality, there is a truth that is understood to be true, but that is not wanting to totally let in, right? So when we're resisting, you know, when we get the wrong creamer, it's not that we don't know that we got the wrong creamer, it's actually that because we know the truth, we resist, So this can also be an indication to those areas of your life where there's actually a deep truth you are resisting. Um, You can find the deep truth through the resistance. So if you cast your mind out right now over your life and you look into the areas of your life where there is resistance, um, you will probably find a truth that is either hidden to your conscious mind right now or maybe not. And you can recognize that truth has an integral and intimate tie to the resistance at hand and also to the resistance ultimately of death or the dissolution of what you call you. So the common theme here and why this is really so profound and why I wanted to talk about it today is because if you can sort of unhinge this mechanism so the doors of resistance can't close if you can unhinge it, your resistance to all of the above starts to dissipate and dissolve. You see, that's the beauty of spiritual work is that it's at the root of the issue. When you're just watching YouTube videos about how to be more attractive or how to be more masculine or how to be more this or how to be more, you know, good with girls or whatever, you are in some senses improving, but you're not actually getting to the root of the issue, which is that you are fundamentally disconnected from the most authentic expression of your truest self, right? Like that's the heart of it. Your attraction and flirtatious vibes and, you know, ways with women that you're chasing won't truly be resolved and solved until you go to the depth of the issue. No amount of watching, you know, five minute YouTube videos on how to pick up chicks is going to help you with the fact that you feel deeply insecure. And so we need to acknowledge that band-aids don't solve root solutions. They help heal something that is already being healed or that is just a minor cut. You know that's what band-aids are for, right? Maybe you don't feel insecure; you feel secure, but you know you 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 kind of just want a little uh, uh, extra edge when it comes to your social skills. See, that's a much different thing than being deeply insecure and thinking that somehow uh, these sort of quick fixes are going to resolve. These issues that have been plaguing you your whole life. You know, you just have to do just basic logic. If it's an issue or a thing that's been tormenting you your whole life, a small video probably won't do it. Although it could, you know, who am I to say anything, but on this topic, we need to go deep. We need to get to the root solution because your resistance to life will not stop until at the very core, at the very heart of it all, you recognize that there is this flow, that you are integrally integrated and interwoven and a part of, and that this flow you are a part of is going to do what it's going to do, whether you like it or not, whether it fits your idea of what it should be or not, or whether you simply thought it was possible or thought it could be that way. Now, I do need to address the concern of, well, Victor, what about like manifestation and creating your dream life and, you know, doing what you love? Like, should I just give up on that? Like, I don't understand how to balance this idea of sort of flowing with life um, with the idea of being a creator, with this idea of manifesting. And this is what I'll say. I'll say that if it's a part of the flow for you to manifest something, you will. You see the trick there? So it's not one or the other. Your mind wants it to be one or the other, but the reality of the situation is that, yes, there is a beautiful flow you're a part of, and this flow is happening whether you like it or not or whether you realize it or not. And yes, it is true That if something is true for you, it will be a part of that flow. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that if you really are meant to start this business or you really are meant to do this creative thing, you it will happen. It will happen. Now, whether that's through you just working at it and working at it and working at it, because for some reason, the thought doesn't leave your mind and you don't know why it doesn't leave your mind. You just have to keep trying this thing until it works. And then boom, three years later, it works. It could be like that, or it could be, within the flow, in the sense that it just happens so organically. You meet this person, they tell you about this opportunity, then you go to this place, and then this thing happens, and it's this perfect breadcrumb trail that God left for you, that the universe left for you, to arrive at your destiny, regardless of whatever form it takes. It, by law cannot happen unless it's a part of the flow, you see? So that's what's so paradoxical about it all, is that these individual choices you make, while they may seem, again, inconsequential and insubstantial, they're a part of the flow of the entire universe. The entire universe is happening now, and what you're doing now is a part of that now. It's not like a now that's separated by another now. No, it's a completely unified thing. Each part is completely unified with every other part. And so your choices every single day are a part of that flow. Now, the resistance is the actual manifestation of your mind or the ego going against the flow. Now, resistance, when I say resistance, I don't mean physical pain. So you could get your leg severed in a car accident and you would be screaming and flailing and saying the most horrendous curse words. I know I probably would be, or you'd be passed out. Um, and you would not, you would not be concerned with uh, uh, you know if what was happening was going with the flow or not. And you might say, well, you know, I was resisting it because I was screaming and flailing. Well, not necessarily that is a manifestation and a natural expression of just what's happening. That doesn't mean you're necessarily resisting it. Resisting something in the context that I'm speaking of is more conceptual, it's more psychological, it's happening in your psyche, it's something you're doing with your mind where there is a reality or a truth to the moment or to uh, uh, something that you know is true And it's when you know it's true, but you internally close yourself off to it that you're resisting it. So notice you can't ever actually completely go against the flow. You can fight it. You can resist it. um, But just like the ship or the sail in the ocean, you know, the sailboat in the ocean, no matter how much you fight, the wind is still going to take your boat, like where it's going to go, you know? And, And so... The question is not, do you fight the wind or not? No, the obvious choice is to go with the wind. You know, if somebody dies in your family, you go with the flow of that. You don't fight it and and get mad at life and get mad at everyone around you. No, there's a wisdom there waiting to be revealed. And it's only in the flow that it's revealed. So Our goal is to let go of all of the moments we resist because those internal blockades are only making what is inevitably possible harder. And I think that's the key insight I want to share and and you know I'm I'm just happy to be here with you today and and hope, and you know if you've watched this far that's amazing. Um but to me that's the key insight. It's that The flow is already happening before you even recognize it or not. It's already happened in a weird way, you know? The moment you're experiencing right now is already there. Do you know what I mean? It's already there before you can think about it. You're thinking about it because it already is. You're thinking about the isness of the situation, and so fighting that, from that perspective is insanity. But, you know, when we're in our workday and our boss tells us something and internally we have this whole monologue, you know, tangent and, and angry rant about how horrible our boss is, it seems like that's nothing. You know, it just seems normal. Everyone does that. If everyone does it, it must be normal. Um, but what you don't realize is that this mechanism is is happening. Uh, the, the, the mechanism... At play of resistance and the resistance is just the ego the the human that part of the human mind that's trying to protect and survive and continue and exist that thing is activated and it's blinding you to the reality of the moment which is again that there is an underlying unifying force we could say and flow and even if your boss is relatively an asshole you know he's still He he still, it still is that whether you like it or not, you see there, there's sort of this, like no questions asked aspect of reality. It's just this steel wall your ego slams into and you realize like, wow, you know, I, I really am limited, not in, not in my consciousness, but in my egoic agenda, you know you can only get so far with an egoic agenda and you you have been taught basically we have been taught by our culture that the way to happiness is through the egoic agenda that the way to happiness is through getting what you want and triumphing over others you know our whole culture is about winning be number 1 you know achieve be the best beat everyone else out but the a toxic psychology that this sets up in our minds is that of complete denial and resistance. I mean, this is why we have, in, in many senses, in many regards, so much chronic mental illness and depression and anxiety. It's because we literally have an epidemic of human beings who are oftentimes completely unaware of this internal resistance they have to the flow of life and all of the weird ways that could possibly manifest. I mean, the, the, the possibilities really are infinite for how that could manifest that could manifest. Um, you know, someone resisting life could manifest as them getting, uh, um, a certain position at a certain, you know, uh, a company and somebody, not resisting or letting go of their resistance to life could end up in the same position, you know, at the same job and company. So there's not some like external rule book for what is, you know, what should be resisted or not resisted. It's not like that. It's just that life is what it is. You know, that there is this sort of isness and it's beckoning you to just accept it as it is. I mean, it's the ultimate test of love can you accept me as i am says reality can you love me as i am says the universe even with all of my horrors and tragedy and darkness that is just embedded into life like these images of these like crazy toxic spiders and crazy, you know, deep sea creatures that just kill each other, you know, and, 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 and pythons and snakes that just eat each other and gobble, gobble each other up. Like there's this brutal aspect of life, uh, where it's just like, wow, (laughs) I am a part of something massive and it might not eat me up today, but it's going to eat me up at some point, you know, I got to go in the ground at some point. And the humility, the true humility that comes from that. not a sort of fake humility or a sort of like societal humility, but the true, honest, humbling that comes from an expansive conscious experience on psilocybin, where you realize just how tiny your life is, how how much of a grain of a sand it is in this infinite ocean. And yet, how equally important it is as every other aspect and individual thing in reality. You know, your life is just as important as a black hole in intergalactic space. There really is no relative difference between you and an intergalactic black hole. It's just how your mind perceives it. And so, reality, this isness, is asking you can you see me as i am or will you continue to project your fear onto me and see this was jesus's main message his main message was the kingdom of heaven is spread out upon the earth and yet men do not see it that was in the new testament he was trying to tell the people of his time that look there is an isness there is a universal reality that is not static it's moving it's flowing it is a force And this thing is what you are a part of. It's what is happening right now. There's no escaping this thing, you know, this thing we're all in, that we're all part of, that we're all interacting within and talking within and living our lives within this weird, ethereal, abstract thing we call life is inescapable <laughs> if you haven't noticed <laughs> you can't you can't escape it in the way you might imagine uh somebody who 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 you know trigger warning who commits suicide might might escape it i mean imagine th- imagine the possibility of someone committing suicide only to wake up in in another body and it's just an infinite infinite cycle of lives. I mean, what do you do then? <laughs> that really, <laughs> that really, uh, uh, makes you slow down and relax into your seat a bit. You, you think about the thought of, uh, yeah, you're never getting out of here, right? Like you're just eternally here. You're eternally going to live these lives. Um, that thought makes you sort of sink back into your seat. It makes you sort of relax, you know, cause you're like, wait, the only reason I am rushing and trying to achieve one is because I've just been so conditioned and I've just been running this program for so long. But two, I have been under the impression that there is some sort of an existential end, you know, it's not that the human body ends, and that our lives end, and that there's an obvious sort of end of a human human body like yes that's obvious it's it's this unobvious aspect of death which is that wait death of a human body death which is really just a transformation does not imply an end or a death of anything at all there is no proof of an end that death causes there is no proof even that death causes the end of consciousness we have many many testimonies and reports and studies done on people who are legally dead who have no heartbeat no brain activity and yet they come back from these states of being dead and report incredible experiences and journeys and and mystical you know conversations they had with dead loved ones like incredible things are happening whether you have a brain or not you know so the idea of just yeah you can't escape yeah there's a flow yeah there's this gigantic thing (laughs) that we are all embedded in and somehow we are all the same aspect of and it's just looking at itself through an infinite number of refracting mirrors and it's like yeah that's you and You're not going to continue to exist as that little, you know, expression and, you know, temporal manifestation of biology that we call Victor or we call whatever your name is. Yeah, that thing is not going to last forever. But you, (laughs) you, this, this can't go anywhere else. There's nowhere for reality to go but where it is because that's all that is. And we're getting into mystical territory here. We're getting into the the limits of language here. Um, but that's that's what it is. I mean, you can't escape it. you know. And so a lot of our lives, this resistance is that it's that it's that subconscious or unconscious, I don't like the word unconscious, subconscious attempt to escape what is. You think that when you're internally having this monologue over what your boss said or internally having this emotional reaction to not having your correct creamer, that this is somehow normal and that this is somehow like, yeah, this is a part of being human. And in a sense, it is. It's definitely normal in, you know, modern day 2023 Western society. But look into nature. Where in nature do you find a lion or even a lion's prey, gazelles, where do you find either of them consumed and worried and resisting life so much to the point to where they can't even function and just go get something to eat? That never happens. Yes, they're in a fight or flight. Uh, You know, when a lion is chasing them, a gazelle is, of course they're in a fight or flight. But when that whole thing's over, they, they just go back to being. You know, they're not like, oh, that, that thing that happened a year ago when the lion chased me. How, how, oh, that was so horrible. It's like, no, they're not doing that. They're just drinking water, eating grass, just like chop wood, carry water. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Humans just have this incredible extra dimension of our minds where we can project and imagine things. And this again is a double edged sword. You have to know how to use it, right? It's like a knife. If you hold it from the wrong end, it's not going to be very useful. It's going to cut you and it's not going to do anything you want it to do. You got to hold it the right way and balance it in your hand the right way, so to speak. Um, that was an insight I got from sad guru. He, uh, he was talking to, I think it was Aubrey Marcus about the mind and how it can be so difficult and how it is like a knife. You know, you can't, you can't just be chaotic with a knife. You have to be delicate with it and gentle and place it, you know, at the end of the day, you place it down correctly and you're not flailing it every, everywhere. Because if you are, you're damaging everyone and everything around you. And that's what happens when you use your mind that way. And what also happens when you use your mind that way is that you resist life you fight life subconsciously you fight this isness that always is and it's when you recognize the isness that there's a doorway because maybe in this moment you don't have anything that's pressing you know i get it's hard especially when somebody passes away or one of these more you know intense moments of life where you're really you're really being challenged by the universe to accept it to accept what is um you know maybe you you're just it's a normal week for you a normal day this could be the best opportunity for you to really see that the isness that is right now already is whether you like it or not and it's easier to see that when you don't have any pressing matters yes but it doesn't mean it's not true when you have pressing matters so even though you may have very you know heavy things and you may have objections to what I'm saying. And you may be like, Vic, there's no way, you know, I'm, there's no way this resistance and, and me, you know, being angry about this, you know, is a problem. You know, there's no way fighting the flow of life, you know, and getting mad about it is, is, you know, a problem. And, you know, in many ways, it's not, if you need to get mad, get mad. But my point here is that, The resistance only can ever add or make difficult what already is. That is the key insight. That's the key insight. It's at that moment where you realize that there is no escape. There is no possibility of not being a part of life. There is no possibility of not being fully connected to everyone and everything. You can't escape that truth, and that's what makes it a truth. And that's what makes resistance ultimately false, absolutely false. Resistance is absolutely false, not in the sense that it's bad or wrong to resist. Like you may ask, well, Vic... What if I resist? You know, what if something does happen? What if my boyfriend breaks up with me, or my girlfriend breaks up with me, and I do feel angry and upset? Well, that's okay. N- no one's saying that it's wrong or bad to resist. That's not the that's not the the point. That's actually a a great counterpoint to bring up to to anyone thinking that well, this is null and void because. I obviously feel upset when things happen and to not expect me to feel things when they happen would almost be like emotional suppression and spiritual bypassing, right? Well, no, not necessarily because nobody's saying that it's wrong. Nobody's saying that you can't do that. I'm certainly not saying that. I'm just saying that when you're resisting or if you're resisting— you don't have to resist. But when you're resisting, what's happening is that there's a truth you already know is true. Just like when somebody breaks up with you, you already know it's true that they broke up with you. It's just your own psychology and emotional reactions and beliefs to that truth that you now have to deal with. And that's the resistance. And you may ask, well, okay, how do I deal with it then? If it's okay, you know, if no one's going to judge me for it, right? And nobody is because we've all been conditioned that like if I'm doing something wrong, then it's bad. But just because you're doing something wrong does not mean it's bad or that it's like wrong existentially speaking because everything is right existentially speaking, right? It goes back to that weird paradox about how every choice that's made has to be a part of the ultimate flow of the universe because it is itself so there can be no mistakes but at the same time um when you're resisting it is ultimately true that what you're resisting is true and that your resistance is a denial is a is a deflection of the ultimate truth that whatever is, is so. But again, that does not make the resistance bad or evil or somehow wrong if you do it. So by no means am I saying, you know, that you need to be this perfect enlightened Buddha that never reacts to anything. Um, No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm, I'm saying something quite different. I'm saying that you can be however you want to be, but that your resistance will ultimately only ever make things harder that's the key insight that is that is it it's to realize that it only ever makes things harder it's not that your resistance actually ever helps resistance doesn't help and we think subconsciously or maybe even consciously that it does we think that fighting life does help but what we find is it only ever causes us pain us turmoil and if it causes us that then it's probably going to cause those around us that so to bring it full circle to let it go and let it flow is to say yes to life it's to say yes to the universe asking will you accept me as i am right now not tomorrow not next week when you get the new thing not next year when you've saved up enough money but right now Can you accept me as I am? That is the question that the universe is asking us all today, and I hope we can all answer yes. Thank you for watching, as always. Victor Burkhart signing off. Pursuit of Spirit Podcast, episode 24, over and out. Thank you for watching if you stayed this far. Uh, let's Let's keep flowing. Let's keep rolling because there's nowhere else to go. We can't fight it. We might think we can fight it. We might think we can turn away. We might think we can escape or get out of it. Escape the matrix. (laughs) Escape the matrix just to realize you're still in the matrix and the real matrix was your own mind. And the flow continues on nonetheless. Peace. If you enjoyed that video and want to learn more, you can visit pursuitofspirit.com. And if you want to donate and support my content, you can click the link in the description box below. Thank you.